Good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the good news here on New Thought Media Network. I'm Barbara Jean, and I am so happy to be here with you today. And you know, it's been chilly here in Canada, and I know it's been chilly in a lot of places in the US as well. So here's an interesting story coming out of sunny skies. There's a hotel here in Canada made entirely of ice. You know, we're not cold enough. Let's go book a hotel room <laughs> where we can be in ice. So it's nestled just outside Quebec City, where winter's embrace is both harsh and magical. And it stands as an architectural marvel that defies the ordinary. Hotel de Glace, the only ice hotel in North America, built annually with 2,400 blocks of ice and an astonishing 35,000 tons of snow. Ooh. This crystalline sanctuary is a testament to the fusion of artistry and nature's frozen bounty. So each winter, Hotel de Glace is rebuilt into a different ice sculpture, offering guests a unique and unforgettable experience and maybe a little chilly. The hotel aptly named Hotel de Glace, which is French for ice hotel, boasts about 30 rooms and theme suites each crafted with precision and imagination. And from the moment st visitors step into this frozen realm, they are greeted by the ethereal beauty of ice sculptures and intricate designs that adorn the interior. But it's not just about the accommodations. Hotel de Glace offers a one-of-a-kind ice bar where guests can enjoy a variety of beverages served in glasses made of ice. Ooh, I'm freezing cold already. <laughs> Oh my goodness, can you believe that? Hotel de Glace. All right, well, here's a really interesting story. You know, I have a couple of cats, I gotta say, they can be a little fierce. Well, this one really is. This black cat saves its little dog friend from a coyote attack, yes. So the black cat named Binks emerged as the unlikely hero when she valiantly defended the family dog, Oakley, from a pack of coyotes in their backyard. The incident unfolded as Oakley was enjoying some outdoor time when a pair of coyotes closed in, posing a serious threat to the small dog. The first coyote attacked with a second one on the approach. Without hesitation, Binks, the family's black cat, leapt into action kind of like Batman, right? <laughs> Fearlessly confronting the coyotes and chasing them away. Binks jumped down, scared them off, and it was the craziest thing the owner had ever seen. Binks' quick thinking and fearless intervention provided Oakley with enough time to escape the danger and seek refuge inside the house. Now, however, the small dog did sustain injuries during the attack with wounds on her chest and side that were described as gushing blood. Ouch. The Dyers uh, rushed her to the animal hospital where veterinarians discovered the severity of her in injuries. There were Initial fears that she might not make it or that her leg might be amputated, but all is well. A few stitches, a little cast on the leg, and she is right as rain. How sweet is that? I'll tell you, our little animal families looking after each other. I love that. Okay, well, on to people. So Costco employees come to the rescue of a colleague. You know, sometimes somebody shows up late, or maybe they're late and don't come in. Well, most places just sort of get annoyed or ticked. But these folks were like, let me check. 
So the dedicated employees at Costco store near Cleveland, Ohio, are being hailed as heroes for their quick thinking and compassion, which ultimately saved the life of a fellow coworker. The story unfolded one morning when the unidentified employee failed to show up for a shift at 5 a.m. Concerned for their colleague, the, ma the manager, Jesse Orsborn, decided to reach out and make sure everything was okay and said that in situations where someone might oversleep for the early shift, we usually give them a friendly wake-up call, checking if they're on their way. However, their routine check-in took an unexpected turn. Uh, when they answered the call, his speech was incomprehensible. The connection abruptly dropped. So alarmed by this unusual action, they called 911. They were able to get somebody out there. And it turned out that he actually was in the midst of a stroke. So without wasting any time, the quick thinking colleagues kept the man on the line while others dialed emergency services. And thanks to the prompt actions, the man was swiftly transported to the hospital. And of course, in case of stroke, quickly getting to the hospital is the most important thing. So bravo to all of you at Costco outside Cleveland. Good job. Good job. All right. Well, here's another great story. I'll tell you, Sunny Skies is really producing the stories this week. So a Vermont state trooper plunges into an icy pond to save a young girl. In a heroic display of bravery, a Vermont state trooper, Michelle Archer, rescued an eight-year-old girl who had fallen through the ice while playing with her siblings on a private property pond in the town of Cambridge. The incident occurred on December 17th, where the ice posed a dangerous threat. Archer was on routine patrol when she received an emergency radio call from the public safety uh, dispatcher concerning a report of two children that had fallen through the ice at a private pond shortly before 9 a.m. The 80-year-old homeowner managed to pull the younger sister to safety, but found himself unable to reach the older girl. Archer was able to get to the pond less than five minutes after the call and quickly dove into the icy waters, ouch, with a rope and flotation device to rescue the child. She skillfully rescued the child from the water and passed her over to Trooper Keith Cote, who promptly escorted her to a nearby ambulance for medical attention. Despite the initial severity of the situation, the young girl made a complete recovery and has returned home. You know, there are people in this world who work in service type fields who actually go above and beyond. That was above and beyond. Okay, this, this one's kind of weird. I just got to say it's interesting, but it's kind of weird. Say cheese. For a thousand years, there's a camera set up to capture a millennium long exposure of Tucson. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I looked at it and looked at it and looked at it going, say, say what? Well, dubbed the Millennium Camera, a device dreamed up by an experimental philosopher in Arizona, aims to capture a 1,000-year exposure of Tucson. So along with some colleagues, uh, Jonathan Keats, a researcher, um, research associate at the University of Arizona College of Fine Arts, installed the camera next to a bench in Star Pass with the aim of encouraging people to imagine a thousand years into the future. 
Any photographer who has turned their camera off auto shoot mode will know that if you let in even just 10 minutes of light, much less a thousand years, you'll have a blank white image. Keats has planned for that and chose to use a pinhole camera equipped with rare materials. Through a pin-sized hole in a thin sheet of 24 karat gold, light will slip into a small copper cylinder mounted atop a steel pole. Over 10 centuries, sunlight reflected from Tucson's landscape will slowly fade a light sensitive surface coated in many thin layers of rose matter and oil paint pigment. When, or perhaps if you humans remove the surface uh, from the camera in the year 3024, there will be a millennium long exposure of the changes to Tucson cityscape. I don't think I'm going to be here when that happens, and I'm not quite sure what's going to occur in the next thousand years. But um, hey, thousand years is a long time, and there's so many reasons why this might not work. There are forces of nature and decisions people make, whether administrative or criminal, that could result in the camera not lasting. However, if it does, hey, might be worth seeing. I'm not so sure, but okay, <laughs> way to go. Um, yeah, imagination, it's beyond me. All right, so I think the universe was conspiring to... I don't know, do something right. So this dead man is jolted back to life by the endless bumps of India's potholes. Yay, potholes. So they breed anger and derision. They cause annoyance, discomfort, and even expensive repairs. But India's famous potholes actually saved a life. The late Darshan Singh Bra was being transported to the Indian version of a wake after his untimely death from a chest infection at the age of 80. Family, relatives, and friends had gathered for a banquet and cremation when the ambulance was being carried in, received a nasty jolt from a pothole on the roads in northern India. It was then that Mr. Bras Ganson, who was on board the ambulance at the time, noticed his hand moving, checking his pulse and finding, to his great shock, there was one. He notified the driver immediately, turning toward the nearest hospital, and he was declared alive and savable and was referred to a hospital in the city of Carnell. It's a miracle and now we're hoping that my grandfather recovers soon, says Balwan Singh. Everyone who had gathered to mourn his death congratulated us and we requested them to have the food we had arranged. It's God's grace that he's now breathing and we're hoping he will get better. Whew. Well, on that note, let's take a brief little commercial break. You're watching the New Thought Media Network, and this is the good news for your Friday night. We'll be right back. Watch me change when you change the way you look at things. The things you look at change. When you change the way you look at things. The things you look at change.
And we're back. So moving along with great stories about health and wellness, uh, Cape Verde becomes the first African country in 50 years to eradicate malaria. How great is that? So becoming the first sub-Saharan African country to eliminate malaria in half a century, it has gone three years without a single case of transmission. Malaria kills most people uh, who die every year. And now that the complex phenomena of various parasites and various mosquitoes has been quelled, it should stay that way owing to the fact that uh, Cape Verde is a nation of islands. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, indeed, all international travels, travelers and migrants have free access to malaria diagnoses, which has been one of the nation's strategies for controlling the spread of the parasite. Active mosquito control has also helped, as well as a general rise in the standard of testing and treatment. The success reflects the hard work and dedication of countless health professionals, collaborators, communities, and international partners. It's a testimony to what can be achieved through collective commitment to improving public health. I'll tell you, this is really great news. I'm off to Africa next weekend and uh, definitely had my uh, malaria pills, I think is what I took. I can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> to make sure that I don't have to uh, deal with this because I'm not going to Cape Bear. I'm going to Kenya. All right, moving right along. So, you know, another really interesting story is there were zero, yes, you heard it, zero airline crashes in 2023. Wow. It's one of aviation's safest years ever, and it simply doesn't get enough publicity considering the fact that modern aviation has reached a point where tens of thousands of giant metal tubes filled with the most flammable <laughs> liquid can launch themselves into the air at hundreds of miles per hour every day and almost nothing ever goes wrong. What are the odds, right? 2023 was the safest year in aviation history with no large turbofan-powered jet aircraft being involved in anything resembling a crash anywhere on Earth, meaning that scenario just laid out took place tens of thousands of times every day for 365 days without a fatal crash or collision. Woo! I'll tell you, as I'm getting ready to board a flight next week, this is really great news. I'm really glad to hear that. So one, you know, when you take a look at flight and you think of what they're doing, really, this is remarkable. Okay, so our pets are remarkable. They do amazing things all the time. And back to sunny skies, you know, we get most of our news from the Good News Network. But today we've gotten quite a few stories from sunny skies. So this little pooch is digging away and digging away. So his determined digging uh, saved an entire neighborhood from a hidden gas leak. I'll tell you, they sent stuff that we don't always notice. So this comes from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. A four-year-old husky named Kobe, uh, Kobe became a hero in his neighborhood by uncovering a pretend potentially life-threatening gas leak in his owner's front yard. The canine's actions not only saved his immediate surroundings, but also underscored the importance of paying attention to the behaviors of our furry companions. 
animals are very insightful. The saga began when Kobe, owned by 28-year-old Chanel Bell, started digging a sizable hole in the yard. Initially dismissing it as typical dog behavior, Chanel grew concerned as the hole expanded, recognizing that Kobe's actions were unusual. She trusted the husky's judgment given his normal, well-behaved nature. Chanel, equipped with a gas detection device, followed the identification following the identification and repair of a recent gas leak in her home, followed her intuition and opted to assess Kobe's newly excavated hole using the device. The device detected gas coming from the hole, so she promptly contacted authorities. It was detected and the gas continued to leak. If it wasn't detected, the gas would continue to leak into their homes. We were told it could have caused serious health effects like respiratory issues, brain damage, even death. They told me that something as simple as a light switch turning on could have caused an explosion too. So during the repair, workers discovered three main gas leaks in the neighborhood caused by aging pipes and rust. It took the workers over three days to repair the leaks and install new pipes. Yay, Kobe, you're the hero. Lovely little dog. I'll tell you, our little our little furry friends are amazing. Okay, so this this story I found really quite interesting. Uh, an 89-year-old had to speak up to save believed extinct language of indigenous people who revered silence. So what do you do if you're the last person who speaks an indigenous language that reveres silence? That's a fine pickle to find yourself in. And for the last speaker of Chane in Argentina, it was time to finally speak up. Um, correctly called Lantake is part of the Cheruian language family. And according to the New York Times reporting on the phenomena of the resurrection of the language, it's a quiet throaty sort of language that requires far more manipulation of the back of the mouth rather than the front. So Mr. Jamie, an, Argent an Argentine from the province of Entre Rios, was already retired and 71 years of age when he decided to go and seek out someone with whom he could chat in his mother tongue. But years of keeping a low profile and speaking only Spanish, obscured the fact that there were no other people to chat with. In that moment, and without a shadow of doubt, he was convinced he was wielding a dead language. At a certain critical moment in South American history, Jamie attended an Indigenous fair and was invited by the organizers to tell his story. From the moment he realized he could never stop talking, from that moment, he realized he could never stop talking, realizing the ancient history of his people depended on it. He was featured in several documentaries, dozens of newspaper reports, <clears throat> and in a, a children's cartoon to raise awareness of the language. He put his words and face in a coffee brand and he delivered a speech on an artist's Instagram account, which rung out over landscapers all loudspeakers all over Buenos Aires. Now, I think we have a recording of a woman speaking in that language. Sí. 
avevate iti e ita io ten vole gote utaku kuntai well, it's, you know, it's interesting to hear sounds that are unusual to our ears, but beautiful in their resonance and delivery. And so it's just wonderful to know that this language that, you know, this man is sharing may very well have a rebirth and maybe more other Indigenous people will take time to learn it and to begin to share it. His work has attracted the attention of UNESCO, which devotes a large amount of its time, staff, and budget to preserving and celebrating diversity of language around the globe, thousands of which, like this one, are at a risk of becoming extinct. Wow, I think it's really wonderful for people to know what their history is, to know the language, where it comes from, and to keep it alive and moving. And I think that's something to really be celebrated. And this man has done some amazing work in that regard. So yay, more good news on the Good News Network. All right, so here is a story that is so beautiful. The generosity of people never ceases to amaze me. People are really remarkable. And this particular story really shares that in a big way. So this restaurant feeds the community with their free fridge. And then when their business is facing closure, they get a little boost from the community. What comes around goes around, right? So a husband and wife in Austin, Texas, have been honored as heroes for nourishing neighbors in need by hosting a community fridge outside their restaurant. Now, the owners of, I should have asked my producer how to pronounce this, Nixta Takaria, are feeling a boomerang of good karma after the community found out their business was in trouble. In 2019, Edgar Rico and Sarah, Sarah opened in East Tex, Austin, an area known as a food desert where options for fresh produce and groceries are scarce. They weathered the pandemic by offering curbside delivery, and their compassion came to life when they began the pilot location of the new Austin Free Fridge Program. Edgar and Sarah began replenishing the community fridge, sometimes upwards of 20 times a day, with everything from fresh meals to hydration packs during heat waves. It became a lifeline for many folks, and the couple were happy to keep it stocked. By this summer, they were forced to shut operations due to an electrical issue, which they said was caused by city oversight. They knew that with so many people relying on them, they had to figure out a solution. A week later, they created a GoFundMe page and in two days, just two, surpassed their $80,000 goal. Woo! It's the best feeling in the world when you can tell that people have your back. They wrote on the donation page where a stream of comments provided praise and encouragement. Help is there and asking for it isn't anything to be ashamed of. And there's the lesson. Sometimes we have to ask for help when we need it and not be embarrassed and not be ashamed, but just know that, you know, all of us sometimes need a hand up. 
So strangers and customers stepped up to support the restaurant, saying thank you for taking care of the community during winter storms, heat waves, and pandemics. Donors contributed $118,000 so far. Ooh, that is beautiful. So here's what one person wrote. Y'all fed us when we were frozen. You figured out how to make curbside happen when people were sick. You feed the community with the fridge and pantry. You lift other chefs up and help grow other businesses along the way. Okay, here's me getting emotional again. It's the least that we could do when you already do so much. Thank you. Whew, wow. The feeling I get when I read those words is, we got you. The restaurant is back up and running with Edgar and Sarah re relieved that they can continue paying their workers and serving customers, but with limited capacity through the construction process. More than anything, it affirmed my belief that there is the unspoken bond and connection that we have with one another that transcends the day to day. Well, the good news is here because we need good news and we need it on the regular. I'm hoping at some point in time that this will become a daily thing. You know, we've got our 24-hour news network that delivers the bad stuff. How about a little bit of the good stuff on a daily basis? Could we not use that dosage? I think maybe. Well, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for supporting the network and just know that you are making a difference in the world, that all that you give, all that you do, and the way that you do it matters for you have been created unique and special. And it takes all of us to make this incredible universe operate in such beautiful ways. So for more good news, be sure to log on next week as the good news continues here on the New Thought Media Network. And hey, don't forget, like, share, and subscribe, and uh, send a donation our way. We definitely want to keep these doors wide open. Have a wonderful week. Have a glorious time over the next few winter days, and stay healthy, stay strong, stay fabulous. Bye for now. Please help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors, including the Hefferlin Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, One Heart Retreats, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center, Kitchener, Ohm Center for Spiritual Living, La Mesa, Satya Center, Center for Spiritual Living, North Jersey, Unity of Savannah, and Center for Spiritual Living, Seattle, as well as all of our individual donors, Thank you for making New Thought Media Network a place to be. Please come be you. And remember, like, share, and subscribe. New Thought Media Network, positively inspiring.